Alrighty, we are back with your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly, and it is episode number 465, and we are recording live on Tuesday, May the 19th. Brianna, how are you? Hanging in there, another week, working from home. <laughs> how are you? Yeah, I'm all right, I'm all right. It's, uh, yeah, it's totally settled in. You know, my wife cut my hair yesterday, you know, like, so there's, there's, there's none of that. Like, you know, I can't go to the barber still. So, but it's all good. It's all good. Um, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're in the routine, we're getting work done. I think Twitter just announced yesterday that, uh, they're, uh, letting everybody permanently work from home. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. I think business are going to see like how much money they're saving by not, you know, being in the office or having to rent these spaces and think like, Oh, well, if we're being effective from where we are, then. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the government though will have to adjust, right? Like in terms of tax revenue. Uh, oh yeah. Right. Sure. So, yeah. So, but anyhow, uh, we got a good show for you this week. Uh, we have three industry news stories uh, and a special guest in our members at home series. Uh, his name is Jed Schneiderman. He's an EVP of marketing and growth at EQ Works, which is a uh, leading location data company up here in Toronto. Um, so yeah, uh, a good show. I'll let uh, Aubriana kick it off as per usual with our first story for this week. Yeah, well, you know, I always get the food stories, but this time I'm getting a dog food story. So <laughs> I don't know, like, what's that that's saying about about my uh, clout with USC? But um, Pedigree is teaming up with Zoom and doing Zoom-based um, dog adoption, which is really cool. So you know, they want to keep the lines of adoption open even during the COVID crisis, and so they have like this contactless pet adoption that they're running through zoom and they are doing this in nashville right now um and they um they what i really like is like they are paying for the adoption fees and so obviously a lot of people are stuck at home and maybe they're a little lonely if they're you know at home alone right now and so they said that pet adoption has actually increased during this time which is really interesting and um and yeah, I think that their idea is like they're covering the pet adoption fees, hoping to get a little bit of opt-in data, um, you know, for, for consumers to provide like name and, you know, some demographic information. And, um, and then they want to be able to obviously leverage that for long-term loyalty, which is interesting because, um, I mean, pet adoption fees are not usually super expensive, but it's, you know, pricier than you would pay for an ad serve. And so I guess they're seeing this as an opportunity to create more of like a lifelong brand loyalty connection with, um, you know, people who are going to be pet owners. And, and so I really like this um, campaign. I think it's really, you know, it's heartfelt. I think it does make a connection. And if you were like, oh, well, Pedigree, you know, paid for, you know, my dog in essence, like I'm going to be a little bit more loyal to them and feel like I need to shop with them more often. So. Um, I think that it's a really great and like making that emotional connection um, for a campaign. So I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like it too. I think it's a super fun story. I think it's a great way to engage people while they're stuck at home. I've read a bunch of stories uh, over the last number of weeks about uh, pet adoption uh, being on the rise uh, everywhere. Um, you know, not just dogs, but every, all kinds of pets, but 
in particular dogs. I think this is a smart move by Pedigree. I think the loyalty play that you talked about is 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 very interesting here. Um, and the other thing that I found is not only are they paying for the pet adoption, they're paying for the Zoom membership as well, um, which is kind of interesting. Uh, you know, I was a bit surprised by that um, when I saw that piece of it. But uh, yeah, I, I wonder um, in terms of the data collection, the demographics and location data, things like that that they're collecting around this. You know, I, I, I wonder too, like, is there, I guess the only thing I, I would want to see is some sort of digital extension around this. Like, you know, okay, I adopted the pet. Like, is there some social media brand, uh, you know, hashtag sharing, you know, that's giving pedigree that is sort of wider, uh, you know, extension of this really yeah. cool campaign that they're doing um, or like some sort of mobile app that, you know, sort of, you know, sort of is paired with this uh, for ongoing, you know, sort of loyalty points or that you can redeem for, you know, vouchers on, you know, uh, food purchases for your, for your dog or what have you. But I think having a social piece to this would be big. Um, Cause I think like people are, I can see people being all over this type of a campaign, right. And jumping over it, mm -hmm. adopting dogs and wanting to share their joy, sharing what pedigree's done for them. Um, you know, I think would be really, really cool uh, and exciting. Yeah. I, I sent the story to my husband. I'm like, you want to get a dog? It's like the perfect time. We're home. He was yeah. like, no. <laughs> yeah. my, my daughter's been lobbying hard for a dog and, and, yeah, Matthew's not a fan of dogs, uh, my son. And, uh, so we're not, yeah, like it's not happening. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, not happening in this house either, but it was a fun thought for a second. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, um, yeah, so that's uh, that's our first story for this week. Um, I'm actually going to jump over right now to our guest, uh, and then we'll come back for the uh, the final two stories. Uh, so, as I said at the beginning, uh, we're as, as for those of you who've been listening and watching for weeks, you know, uh, while we've all been in quarantine, we've been doing a special series that we call Members at Home, where every week we do different interviews with different member companies and just kind of talk to them about you know how covid has changed their uh, company their their the way that they work um you know and all of that sort of stuff and so this week i had a chance to sit down with jed schneiderman uh he's an evp of uh marketing and growth uh for a canadian company called eq works uh, which is based here in toronto they're uh, probably the leader in location data locally here in the market um and uh, yeah, just uh, they've been doing a lot of a lot of interesting things uh, over the last uh, couple of months. So uh, get to hear firsthand from uh, Jed uh, a little bit more about what's going on with that. So here he is. Okay, I'm very excited this week because we have uh, yet another great guest on our uh, Members at Home series uh, that we've been doing. His name is. Jed Schneiderman, he's the EVP of Growth and Marketing at EQWorks, a great uh, location data company right here at home in Toronto, Canada. Jed, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Asif? Very well, very well. Great to see you. It's been a while. Um, and uh, you guys are doing a lot. You're in the news all over the place. So maybe uh, just for our uh, viewers and listeners out there, like, who's EQWorks? What are you guys all about? Sure. Um, so again, thanks for having me. Um, I've got an extra sort of uh, day of vacation in my system because yesterday was a long weekend here in Canada. Um, essentially, we're about using data to help brands and businesses do consumer journey mapping. 
So if you think about, um, you know, most businesses trying to understand, predict, and then ultimately influence consumer journey, consumer decisions, understand where they are on the journey. We're all about using um, data in order to help map and better understand that consumer journey. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, absolutely something that, uh, you know, is, is needed by pretty much every category, every vertical of business right now. It's just knowing who their customers are, where they come from, you know, what they're into, what that journey is. So love it. Uh, and you guys are certainly, you know, as far as Canada goes, probably the biggest player uh, in, in the country, um, you know, from my perspective. So the whole point of this series that we've been doing is really to kind of understand the impact on some of our member companies and people. Um, you know, what, what's, what's COVID done for, to you guys as a business? What's it been like working from home? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, maybe I'll break it down into a couple of different buckets, um, if, if I may. One would be sort of um, external communication. So how do you deal with customers? How do you deal with the market? And then if you'd like, I can also talk about um, uh, internal communication yeah. and processes. Please. Yeah, so I mean, I think externally, um, if, we, <clears throat> if we go back probably over the last 10 to 12 weeks, um, what we saw was, you know, first couple of weeks were people just setting up their offices remotely and trying to figure out how to run their businesses. What we saw for the following four to six weeks was a sense of real confusion and uncertainty and brands just didn't know what. So what we found was, and hopefully other folks um, in our space and members of the LBMA is, you know, we have two years of historical data. So the ability to help a brand understand what consumers did pre-COVID and to sort of guide decision-making or even help people sort through, which was a very confusing time, proved to be a huge competitive advantage. So we found, and even somewhat so today, which is why I raised the point, a lot of people just want to know whether they should make a decision and what's up and what's down. So having a baseline of data whatever your business is, I think is something that all the members should lean on. So if you've got historical information, if you've got trends and patterns, and you can use that in order to drive thoughtful conversations, we found that that was almost phase two where people were just looking for guidance. I think we're now in phase three where we're seeing, if I use the calendar fiscal year, we're in Q2, so April, May, June, we're seeing a lot of spending ramp up towards now, which is the end of May and June. So with physical distancing being eased, not just in Canada, but in other parts of the world, some businesses are what we kind of say slowly coming back online. So I think we're now into that phase of, I think what members can do and what companies can do to best serve themselves and their clients is be ready for what that opening looks like and help brands take advantage because consumers when they do come back are coming back at less than a hundred percent. So business is still challenging. If, if companies like EQ works and others can spot signals and help brands or businesses get a bit of a head start on this, I dare I say return to normal, but this easing back into normal, I think companies like EQ works and others really position themselves well effectively. So Phase one was confusion. Phase two was stalemate. Phase three is how do you help people kind of come back and win more business and ultimately, you know, help their business thrive. Great. Yeah. I love how you break it down like that. That's a great way to kind of just simplify and think about it. 
in, in those phases. You, you mentioned just briefly too, like in, internal communications. What kind of tools and things have you guys been using? We, you know, we obviously we hear a lot of Zoom, a lot of Slack, you know, things like that. Anything cool or different that you guys have found useful? Yeah. So the, the funny enough, there, there are a couple things. I, I, you know, I'm I'm pretty self-deprecating, so I typically my opening line is I'm old and boring. Um, I, I still like the phone. Like I think there's this. I'm with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I mean, uh, I. All of my ideas are stolen from other people. So the caveat in front of my name would be none of these ideas are Jed's. But, um, you know, with people um, whom you already have a lot of relational equity and trust, I think a lot of us are suffering from cognitive fatigue. So the idea of looking at cameras is actually draining. If you've got really good rapport with someone, just pick up the phone and call them. I don't think you need to see their face. So, so that's one. Um, full credit to our CTO. He's brought in um, a new app called Hugo, H-U-G-O. And what's interesting about Hugo is um, it integrates with basically meetings in your calendar. So essentially you can take notes right within a meeting live and then push them out to all the attendees and um, um, uh, stay on top of tasks. So I think that's an interesting one. Large parts of our organization love Asana. I'll admit I am, I am I'm going kicking and screaming into the land of Asana, but I think for distributed work teams and staying on top of tasks, it's great. And I will say that we are taking pretty good advantage of some of the Google Drive products and the ability to edit uh, documents on the fly. So nothing really new, to be honest. I mean, we're using a number of different tools. Um, but again, I, I love just the phone because I find it's, you know, it's direct, it's synchronous. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's a great, a great selection there. Any talk in your, in your company about not going back to the office? Like once this is sort of somewhat normal again, like, I mean, Twitter announced yesterday, everybody can stay at home forever. Yeah. So first of all, it's a great question. I, I'll answer it in two parts. One is, um, I am literally building a survey right now for our company. So again, in the spirit of stealing good ideas or search and reapply, I was chatting with a client um, and what she'd said was they surveyed all of their employees just to actually get a baseline. Um, you know, for those watching or listening to this podcast, and again, thanks for having me on is, you know, returning to work is um, it's got a full range. It depends on, you know, how far you commute, where you live, whether or not you have a spouse or a partner or roommate that works or children or dependents like parents. And so what we're doing actually as a baseline is just to understand what our um, employees want. I think we do realize that in the spirit of phases, that phase one of return to work will not be 100%. So my own personal belief is we got out of the office in a day like that's literally how quickly we were able to pick up and set up at home. Our ability to re-enter is going to take much longer than that. So we're just trying to figure it out. Uh, we're trying to benchmark. Um, but I think the return to work will be at minimum gradual. Um, we live in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. There is still the expectation around physical distancing. So we're going to have to be mindful of the way our office looks and feels and functions. So um, we are discussing it. We just don't have a plan yet. Yeah, no worries. Very cool. Um, I like the idea of doing a survey though. That, that makes sense. Um, 
Last question for you then. So in all this time you've been off, you know, whether it's something from EQ directly or just in, you're a guy who, who talks to a lot of people, deals with a lot of brands, a lot of clients, what's the coolest sort of COVID uh, pivot or execution in terms of brand marketing that you've seen out there um, in the time you've been off? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to limit myself to one. So okay. I'm going to pick a couple of examples. So I'd say internally at EQ Works, um, we are um, layering on. These aren't full pivots, um, but we've started to spend a lot of time working on contact tracing efforts. So we believe that there is wonderful value in the phone and in mobile. I've been in mobile since 2011 full time. I dabbled since 2001. Um, with um, Bluetooth and the fact that phones are really the most personal device in our life, we're working as part of a coalition on using contact tracing to help understand the spread of COVID and also to help Canadians be safe. So we're re really proud of that. Another thing we found was um, there was a strong push at the local level to help local businesses with gift cards and there isn't one centralized place in order to source gift card information. Okay. So we're working on a widget here in Canada that would allow local businesses to promote themselves to also either sell or um, gauge demand for gift cards. Okay. So um, we're doing that. And again, that's just our way of, uh, you know, business is great when you can just do the right thing. And we, we believe in both these cases, these are really just the right things. It's a rising tide lifts all boats. Small businesses are important in every economy. And I think flattening the curve is an important global issue. Those are two things that we're doing. A couple things that I like, um, I've seen some really large brands, again, I, not to focus on Canada, but I just don't want to speak for other countries. Um, you know, I've noticed London Drugs, it's a retailer in Western Canada. They've done a really good job of bringing local products into all of their stores. So they realize that a lot of small stores are closed. They're deemed an essential service. They are merchandising. And if you go on LinkedIn and follow some of the executives, it's just, it's just awesome, right? Like they're bringing in small brands and they're giving them um, a footprint. Uh, other retailers have done the same as well. So they're allowing brands to bypass listing fees and get in front of consumers. There's been a wonderful movement afoot of large brands donating their TV inventory yeah. to smaller brands and to nonprofits. So there was a um, Quest Trade in Canada donated uh, over $150,000 of airtime to Sunnybrook Hospital, which I think is just awesome. Kraft Heinz, um, they don't get a lot of love because they're owned by 3G Capital. They're doing something similar. Those are really interesting. Um, there's um, um, another um, great small company here in Canada called Big Digital. So they do a lot of um, interactive um, screens um, for events. They just um, announced um, a new product that will allow for body scans in an anonymized privacy compliant way so as to measure everything from temperature as well as they've created a system that as individuals and um, large landlords want to manage the flow of traffic back into common spaces. So think um, shopping malls, you'll be able to go online, book an appointment, and that way they can control for crowds and maintain physical distancing. So. I mean, there, there's a full range. I, I, I've always loved the intersection of physical and digital. So I think what 
um, Michael Gurgis and Big Digital um, are doing is, is pretty interesting. And then obviously you just got to give a shout out to everyone that started making PPE equipment and all of the alcohol companies that started making hand sanitizer like right off the get-go. It's just, they didn't ask for permission. They just went ahead and did it. And I, I just, I love companies like that. That's why entrepreneurs, I think, are, the, are, are heroes as well. Awesome. Great, great summary of, uh, of examples. I love it. Uh, and the diversity in there. So thank you so much, uh, Jed. Uh, again, for our listeners and viewers, we've been chatting with Jed Schneiderman. He's the EVP of growth and marketing for EQ Works. Fantastic LBMA member company right here in Canada. Thanks so much, man. Great to see you. Great to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks, Jed. Really appreciate you coming and uh, taking a few minutes out of your day to kind of update us on what's going on and the great things you guys have been doing during this COVID period. So we really appreciate that. All right, on to our second uh, member news story for this week, uh, Chantel Jeffries. So first of all, like music artists, do you know this, this artist, Brianna? By name, but not like I can't tell you like a song. <laughs> Okay, yeah, like I'm the same. I've heard the name, but I, like I had to look it up, right? Not bad, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I did go look it up. Anyhow, Chantel Jeffries, for those of you who are fans uh, of hers, uh, has teamed up with DoorDash and Chili's, uh, the restaurant chain. Uh, so she's got a new song uh, that she released last week on May the 13th. It's called Come Back to Me. It features some other artist named Shaylin, who I also did not know. So like, I'm so out of like, you know, <laughs> modern, you know, music. Pop culture. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I hear the names. My kids talk about these things. Like yesterday I did my first TikTok um, with my wife, um, like that they made us do, you know, like I, I, I'm so out of this, like, you know, sort of pop culture stuff. But anyhow, Shale, uh, Chantel Jeffries released a new song last Wednesday, May the 13th. Um, it's called Come Back to Me. It features another artist named Shaylin. And basically what they did to promote this, which I think is super cool, uh, with DoorDash and Chili's, they hosted a virtual dinner party where it featured this new song. Uh, so, you know, you know, when we have dinner parties at, normally at home, like usually, you know, every good dinner party has some good music in the background and things like that going on. So they thought, okay, let's use this idea of a virtual dinner party to kind of launch this new song. And so uh, from May 14th to uh, May 17th, so Thursday through Sunday last week, uh, DoorDash customers could sign up to attend the virtual dinner party. Um, they could order food from Chili's from a set menu that was curated just for this event. Uh, and then um, basically, you know, obviously DoorDash delivers that food to your home. And then, uh, you know, you jump on for a virtual uh, call uh, and, and dinner party with, you know, hundreds of other people. The food, uh, the set menu was $13 uh, and you could choose from different things, fajitas or burgers or, you know, whatever. Um, and so there's a whole range of different things there. And it, it uh, all happened over on YouTube. Uh, last Thursday at 8 p.m. Pacific time, and a whole bunch of celebrity guests as well. Uh, a bunch of artists, some I've heard of, some I have not heard of. Uh, I'll, I'll, so I'll just give you a, like, a, like a long list of names here. Liam Payne, Marshmallow, Jordan Clarkson, Addison Rae, Britney Spears, The Chainsmokers, and it goes on and on and on. Um, so a lot of people uh, who were part of this. Um, and based on the number of viewers who signed up and participated in the virtual dinner party, 
DoorDash also made a donation of cash equivalent to the number of meals to families in need through Feeding America. So all in all, like, you know, very well thought out, very cool uh, executed campaign. Obviously, we've seen a lot of musical artists doing, you know, virtual concerts, you know, from their homes, you know, as fundraisers. And this is just another really cool, different way to do it, to actually bring consumers into it, I think, you know, in this idea of a dinner party and you know, leveraging DoorDash for delivery and chilies, you know, in terms of the food. So I, I think it's super cool. Yeah, you know what I like about this the most is that I think that like these, you know, this change and um, like uncomfortable situations and all of us being home, it causes people to be really creative and you have to like figure out what can I do differently and how can I get consumers attention and how can I still reach out and how can I make that emotional connection and um, you know, for a long time it was like everybody was doing the same thing like we're all in this together, you know every commercial is exactly the same, saying the same thing. And so whenever I see, you know, companies and brands like branching out of the norm and kind of just doing their own thing and trying to get creative with the situation at hand, it's like, I really applaud that. So, I mean, you know, it's not anything like groundbreaking in terms of like technology or anything like that, but bringing people together in this way, I think was creative. And so I do um, really like that. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I, like a very, very cool campaign. It, it reminds me many, many years ago, our, our mutual friend Trip Sessions, uh, who was the CIO uh, at uh, TGI Fridays, I had pitched him on an idea. Uh, and this is like going way back years and years ago before we had DoorDash and, you know, these kinds of services. And um, I had said to him, like, you know, it would be really cool, like, if on, you know, Father's Day, it, you know, because Chile, or, Fridays had this, um, they had a, a, an outlet, a, like a, a mini restaurant basically on the US base in Afghanistan. And uh, I said like, maybe for Father's Day, we could set up like a virtual Father's Day meal where people would come into Chili's restaurant, or Friday's restaurants, like actually in the US and sit in a certain booth and we'd have like, you know, a, a TV monitor there and use like Skype or something at that time. And you could have like a virtual meal with your dad, like, you know, on the base at the Chili's or at the Friday's restaurant over there. And uh, yeah, like, so like, it's, it's sort of like really bringing me back to this. Like we were just pitching this thing as an interesting way to do Father's Day, um, yeah. you know, with your dad overseas kind of thing. But anyhow, um, yeah, so there you go. All right. Final story um, is a Google story, and they have a, a new, um, you know, product type of offering that's in beta right now, and it's um, curbside um, for local searches. So obviously, local search and curbside pickup and inventory checks and looking for things that are in stock, um, those searches have just surged over the, the last several weeks, um, you know, since I guess like it's 70% um, surge from March 28th to April 4th. Um, people are probably looking for like toilet paper and, you know, stuff that nobody can find, hand sanitizer. So what retailers can do is they can use like the local inventory ads to show what's in stock. Um, and then they can inform consumers how they can pick it up. So for the curbside, they have like this pickup badge basically that says you can pick up curbside. And um, so for different retailers, if their local inventory ads um, qualify, 
then they can participate in this beta program. Um, so they gave an example of this. What? <laughs> hey, wait, we had a drop in and he just left. <laughs> no, bring him back. Come uh, back, Rob. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> oh, that was like the highlight of the show. Rob made an appearance, maybe yeah. on accident, but uh, <laughs> that's awesome. All right. We miss you, Rob. Um, so an example of this is Petco, and they were making use of curbside uh, pickup badge so they could inform or they can inform customers like what essential pet supplies are available at their local Petco and what's available for either same day pickup or next day pickup. I mean, the story is just not that exciting anymore because, you know, we had a special guest appearance. We did. We did. Like it was like the, the mystery man there. Uh, yeah. I know. So, yeah. I, I, I just messaged him and said, come come on back in. So let's see. Let's see if he joins us. But um, yeah, you, you know, I, th I think this is a good move by Google. I think um, right now there's an opportunity in the search side of the uh, of the of the ecosystem to really um, you know sort of add more data points for people right as the economy start to reopen as businesses you know uh, you know start to uh, operate again um, not only are we searching for businesses and trying to figure out what's open what's not open and you know what business hours are and things like that that are normally in Google uh, you know search uh, data sets there but you know understanding things like who has curbside pickup. Uh, you know, or even things like, you know, for restaurants, for example, like, you know, how we normally would have, uh, you know, uh, food safety rating systems, right? I think yeah. kind of having that type of data available in search right now, what's the current rating, uh, you know, on this business? Has it been, you know, cleaned? You know, has there been a positive mm -hmm. test there? Like all of that kind of stuff, I think, becomes incredibly valuable uh, data pieces uh, for people to, uh, you know, to, you know, seek and desire to kind of know is this someplace i want to go or 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 not right um yeah um, i mean i feel like this is something that we've wanted even before we were stay at home right like we've wanted this type of data we've wanted access to this we want to know is it there like you don't want to go out of your way to make a trip and especially now more than ever you don't want to go out of your way to like go in somewhere if you don't have to and they don't have what you're looking for um so i wish that I wish that this is something I wish this was like implemented like years ago because now people are kind of scrambling to do this and like it's it's been needed whether we were home or not but yeah yeah so you know it, it's um I don't know I, I think we're gonna see right now I think this kind of service from Google is super important because I, I think that we are, I don't know about you, like, but certainly, you know, we've been using a lot more. There he is. He's back. There he is. What's up? <laughs> the trio. My, my uh, first crash was this. Isn't that funny? It was awesome. It's, it's, it should have been, I should have been a unicorn or something. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're just wrapping up, Rob, our, our podcast recording here. And uh, the, uh, we're just talking about our final story here was Google uh, is kind of changing up the, uh, Google search results to show businesses that uh, include curbside pickup. So perfect timing for you. Like, yeah. Unbelievable. Yes. I knew it. I knew it. That's what you were talking about. That's why I came on. <laughs> um, yeah. So what's going on with you? I'm, uh, I'm great. I'm great in total social, social isolation uh, with my family and, uh, and loving it. 
loving it. But what I find is that the, the challenge is that I'm, I'm pulled outside to do yard work more than uh, I'm pulled inside to do, you know, to do work work. So, uh, and the same thing with my kids. It's like, it's a lot of distractions in this world when the weather gets good. So it's a challenge. It's a challenge, but I love yeah. it. How about you guys? Same, you know, trying to juggle being mom and working and <laughs> staying in the yes. house. Um, but yeah, the weather obviously is warm here in Atlanta now. So getting out and like going hiking or, you know, doing something in some fresh air. My uh, five-year-old just learned how to ride a bike with no training wheels this week. So that's been exciting. So we've been doing a lot of bike riding. Um, so slowly where you lose your kids, right? Like you give them a little <laughs> bit of freedom. Like the key is to contain them, keep them in. This is your time to actually brainwash and, and keep them closer <laughs> because once you put them on a bike, next thing that, you know, they'll be asking for the car keys. Yeah. Well, that's, that's where I'm at right now, Rob. I are like every day oh. my daughter's like, you know, even if I say, even if I say, look, I, I, I got to run to the store to pick up this or do that or whatever. Every single time it's like, can I drive? You know, and I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I have a chauffeur now basically, which is, I don't know if I like that or not. I, like I enjoy my time in the car. I don't <laughs> Silence. But you can trace it back to the time you taught your kids how to ride a bike. Like that's, that was the first glimpse of independence. And so my rule of thumb is if you don't want them to be independent souls, don't teach them how to ride a bike. Better yet, don't teach them how to walk or talk is the, is the key. Because then they can't talk back and they can't walk away in an argument. No, my girls walked out of the womb independent. There's no changing that. <laughs> <laughs> they, are, they are me to a T. I cannot, I cannot reel that in. Um, and even if I could, you know. Only sometimes. When Why would you? Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. You want fierce people out there. That's for sure. Yes. Fierce is a good way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fierce on wheels now. That's the best. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you've got to teach her how to give the finger, right? Because that's the next evolution of this. <laughs> there you go. Great. Okay. I'm sorry. Sage advice. <laughs> you might want to wrap, wrap up now. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. So again, for our listeners and viewers out there, you've been listening to Location Weekly, episode number 465. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, just, you know, if you've got story ideas, reach out to us. Uh, if you have feedback, you know, we're usually found all the social contact infos at the end of the show here. And thanks to our special guest, Rob Woodbridge, uh, for dropping in at the very end here uh, to say hi. Um, and we really appreciate that. So thank you, everyone. Have a great week. Oh, 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 oh,